Welcome to the Fairy to Stop podcast channel. This morning, we're going to be talking about the Nashville Manifesto. I'm Deadleg, and this morning I've got Eric Tanzi with me. All this and more on the Fairy to Stop podcast network. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. might be the best thing it's, i don't even want to get out of the i don't even want to come out of it let's just keep going I just, just we should it. maybe just read car warranty lists or the constitution just start talking just let everything come out Ooh, yeah. yeah what kind of news we got today we've got the manifesto, Ooh, that, manifesto. That, that won't make it hard um we've got some israel updates oh lost me baby but what will make you hard, knowing that someone is going to get some justice. Long, uh, who's going to get that hard justice, daddy? Mm. Good old guilty charges for Sam Bankman Freed and fa- failure oh. to stop that is not FTX. What was whatever their name was? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. We're just letting Jesus take the wheel. We're letting the uh, we're letting the fever just speak through his veins this morning, man. When I when he jumped on the online, by the way, uh, Deadleg has been sick for like the last week. And uh, when he came on the mic, I said, "Dude, there's no way that you can't bring in the show." And he was like, "Yo, I'm a producer. I don't do that." And I said, "You're gonna learn today." We've been re- how long we've we been practicing that? Probably like four or five hours. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> we've been here since like. Like there was some stuff that went down last night, and right after that, he's like, "You know what? We're just gonna stay up and we're gonna practice this until we get it right." So until you get it right, and I was like, hey, "Dude, I." He was like, uh, "Was like teaching a baby how to walk." You know what I mean? I had to be like, at first, he was like, "Welcome to the Failure to Stop Podcast." I'm am dead. Like, no, dude, you gotta feel. Uh, what's the name of that tune that we downloaded there? Uh, feeding the ducks. You gotta feel the feeding the ducks, dude. You gotta. Poetry hour on Wednesdays. It brought, brought back some memories of like, hold the flashlight better. Like lots of <laughs> like getting yelled at for not doing things that I'm supposed to be doing. Like hold the flashlight better. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a rough couple of days, but we've been trying to save the voice just for today. So you've got me for today. Yeah, baby. Well, today we've got the manifesto, the national manifesto and why the FBI specifically didn't want you to see it, man. If you haven't lost faith, faith in the FBI yet. Um, I don't know, man. Listen, they're batting. What are they like? Oh, and 20 at this point. Uh, it just seems like there's a new running meme out. Have you seen the new running meme where it was like they were on the, the, the FBI watch list? Like anything that happens, it says like, the FBI knew about this or something like that. Uh, it's a very funny, funny meme and it's there for a reason. So uh, of course that's mostly what we're going to be talking about today is this manifesto. I've been diving down into it for the, like the last two, three days. Uh, we've also got Sam Bangman freed guilty on all charges. Looks like he's going away for life. Uh, and already they're trying to change the narrative on cryptocurrency and use this to cryptocurrency favor as if the rest of the reasonable civilization didn't know 
that you couldn't corrupt cryptocurrency. Um, and you know, there's a lot of guys that would like yell at me anytime I would say anything negative about cryptocurrency or anything. And then, you know, maybe I am an idiot. Maybe I am an idiot, but listen, I knew shit like this was going to happen, you know? Um, but they're going to have the rebirth. The next, what are they, the next bull run of cryptocurrency is coming up next. And so hopefully with the research I've done, it makes me a little bit smarter, and uh, yeah, after today's show, I've got to head out to Albemarle, North Carolina, where I get to have lunch with the with the chief of police out there. I'm really excited about that. And then tomorrow, I'll be podcasting there with uh, some people who are on the front lines of of combating human trafficking. And so that's going to be a really interesting podcast. And I'm doing that straight from the PD inside the police department. So listen, kudos to Albemarle, North Carolina. Look, they ain't no dancing cops. I got the old defund dancing cop shirt on. Uh, this is real deal shit. This is how you use social media for the better of your department for recruiting and standards. You give pertinent stuff that people actually want to pay attention to. So uh, immediately following this, I will pack up the studio and I'll venture off two and a half hours uh, out towards Charlotte to, to handle that. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That's why we're about two hours early, guys. I apologize. Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack Sleep So Good and Scary. Speaking of which, my son was in the hospital last night. I thought he might have meningitis because he had the stiff neck and was sleep talking all crazy. Just find out he had a fever with some strep throat. But uh, I sat on that bed last night. About one o'clock in the morning, I sat down on that hospital bed and I said, ah, uh, it must suck to be a peasant and not to have a ghost bed. But listen, even the peasants can afford ghost beds right now because they are 50% off on the site, site-wide, 50% off. Cooling sheets, the cooling pillows, all the things. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack right now, dude. Get you that sleep. We would have so much less active shooters, Hamas wars, all this crazy shit. It would be fixed if everyone had a ghost bed. Sam Bingman Freed should have invested all of his money in making the world a better place by supplying everybody with, at minimum, a ghost bed pillow. Ghost bed's been a little supporter of us for the last four years, three years. They've been with me since the beginning of my podcast journey, which is going on four years now. So I uh, always appreciate them. And then we have Factor Meals, baby. Factor's back. We all love Factor Meals. God, we love them so much. Oh, dude, I got a whole refrigerator full, brother. I didn't even know it was coming. I didn't even know that Factor Meals was sending out another package. I did not know that they were coming on for the holiday season. Nobody told me this. I literally, my son went out and was like, Dad, Factor Meals, can I have one? Can I have one? And I was like, no, get away. You know what I mean? And we brought him in. And then my other son, my nine-year-old was like, Dad, can I put the Factor Meals in the refrigerator for you? And I was like, What's going on? That's how much my family likes factor meals. It's meal planning to the next level so that you can spend time with your family. So you can spend more time at the gym. So you can spend more time at court prep, all the things that you need time. You don't have time for meal prep. These are meals made fresh, never frozen, delivered right to your door in one big pack. You can do three meals a week, seven meals a week, five meals, however many days a week you work, you can gear your package combo to you. You can meal prep right online, calorie conscious, protein heavy, all the things. You just go down and click the menus, what you want. Get shipped right to your door. And listen, after the cost of driving to the grocery store, after the cost of sitting at the stove and cooking your shrimp, putting it aside and putting your chicken aside, all in one big giant day using all the electricity and the energy, these these meals are extremely competitive. I, I actually just blows my mind how competitive these meals actually really are. Uh, so I'm super stoked to have my factor meals. So go to factormeals.com. 
Wolfpack.com forward slash Wolfpack50. Promo code there is Wolfpack50. Get you 50%. What's everybody going 50% off these days? It's not even Black Friday yet. I can, I'll sell you Factor Mirrors a little bit easier. Something that you can't buy. There's only 24 hours in a day, and that is going to save you time. Time is something you cannot buy, but with Factor, you're buying time because you're not spending time you know, planning things out. You don't have you have to worry about what are we going to have? Well, we already know we're going to have Factor. We just throw it in the microwave. It's ready to go. Get, get a little minutes. smoothie in the morning. You're ready to go. Time. Time is something you can't get. That's time that you can spend with your kids. Time that you can get yelled at with your spouse. But that's time. Do it time. with the music. Do it with the music. Oh. Hold on. Do it with the music, dude. Do it with the music. Time. Factor meals will give you time. Time that you can spend with your spouse on your ghost bed. Take your. <laughs> okay. And that's how we lost our sponsorships. <laughs> That's how we lost our sponsors. <laughs> um, if you would like to to promote the show, um, you know we do five shows a week here, all geared to inform and entertain uh, first responders. You can help us out in a couple different ways, real real quick. And we're gonna jump right into this news. Like and subscribe, obviously on the YouTube. Do it right now. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Helps us out. Boosts us up in the algorithm. Share us on social media. That's a big thing. We have a Patreon with tons of extra content. Tons of extra content on our Patreon. Lots of interviews. Lots of like. There's even extra sports show on there. There's so much shit on there. Uh, head over to the Patreon, or you can leave a super chat. Somebody in the chat before we even got started today was gifting free fucking memberships to our YouTube channel. We've really stepped up our YouTube game in the last seven months. 99% of our listenership is audio, um, but we've really... We really, really wanted to 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 give more for our YouTube patrons. Um, so now you can cupcakes and cameo Falconator. There's a lot of people in the live chats right now. There's Casey Anthony's defense team. Um, man, geez, uh, talk to cool dudes up in here. Dustin, thank you guys so much. All right, let's jump into today's topic. Goodness gracious, everybody's coming in here. No luck, Chuck. Deadleg, you should narrate documentaries with his new voice. He's got the voice of a younger, wider Morgan Freeman. Sounds yep. like a younger, wider Morgan Freeman. Bosco Autry says uh, uh, the Patreon is worth it. Thank you, good sir. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we knew from the beginning that this manifesto, this uh, Nashville manifesto, uh, was something that's curious. I say the conspiracy theories, they come from a lack of information. When information isn't put out, it, it, it garners it elicits conspiracy theories, right? Because we're left with a blank space and we have to fill that blank space in. It's just, it's natural. It's what we as humans do. Uh, if there's a sentence, we need to finish it. And in this case, it was very evident very quickly that there was something amiss. Something wasn't right about not releasing the manifesto. We saw the manifesto in several other cases uh, fairly, fairly quickly, um, if you want to go back in time, uh, the Unabomber, we saw his manifesto uh, pretty quickly. Um, we had the uh, Christopher Dorner, um, the the rogue cop. We got his his manifesto in pretty pretty quickly. Uh, who else? Uh, we had the, the gentleman that killed uh, all those people at uh, in in Char- was it Charleston? Uh, there was a shooter in Colorado and Charleston, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, the one that shut the black church, Dylan Roof. Yep. Uh, we got his, you know, all of these manifestos were nothing new. But in this one, at that particular time, it didn't come out. Here was my theory. And if you want to go back in time, Tanser Thomas was wrong. My Tanser Thomas prediction was wrong on the manifesto. I thought it was because it was going to say that he was, di- or she, whatever the fuck Audrey Hale was, um, 
was diddled or touched by one of these preachers. And then that was going to kind of lead to like some kind of vigilanteism. And the reason I said that was because vigilanteism has been number one kind of lookout on the FBI watch list, things like that. Anybody that kind of appears to be a vigilante, uh, that's a growing term that's coming on. YouTube's been squashing that stuff pretty quickly. So I thought at the time, Oh, you know, as a law enforcement officer, I always like to look at things reasonably, not conspiracy freak, freak out. Like, hey, don't put my tinfoil hat on. It's not crazy. Everybody thinks it's crazy, but it's probably not crazy. He probably got diddled. And then we didn't want people being like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you diddle a kid and then, he, you know, he shoots you up. You know, that that's what I thought it was going to be. That's what I thought it was going to be. I was completely wrong. And not only was I completely wrong, I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong, but not only was I uh, completely wrong, but now my worst fears have come true. This manifesto was absolutely squashed at the hands of the FBI, mind you. This manifesto was squashed by the FBI again. Not only do we have the, the Gretchen Whitmere debacle where the FBI went and tried to kidnap uh, a sitting governor, mayor, whatever she was, uh, cover that case in depth. Uh, not only do we have more FBI agents in the crowd on January 6th that, you know, they wouldn't release the tapes because there were so many FBI agents in the crowd, so many undercover agents in the crowd that we couldn't release the tapes. Get out of here. Listen, all of it combined, I had the revelation last night, late last night, is that I was so wrong. The FBI is so weaponized, so politically weaponized that they tried to cover this up. And I'll tell you why I'm not even going to string you along and make you wait for the end of the show. I'm going to give you what's going on right now. And then you can duck right out if you don't want to hear about it anymore. The FBI didn't want you to hear this story. Are you ready for it? You ready for some wackadoodle crazy? Let me put my tinfoil hat on. I wish I had one. I wish I had a set of tinfoil. I would throw it on my head right now. You ready for some wackadoodle shit Lay this early us. in the morning, Joshua? Lay it on us. Because they caused this. Because the political climate created this shooting, and they fucking knew it. Well, there you, was no you, trans hate in 2016. Nobody gave a fuck. Matter of fact... Probably around 2009, I went to a drag show. Probably around 2009, I dressed up as a Frankenfurter, not afraid. Those pictures are going to come out one day. I'm, I'm, I'm more than positive. I went as Rocky Horror. Uh, not Rocky Horror. I went as uh, Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, for Halloween. If anybody doesn't know what that is, I had like the corset on. It was like full trans, full cross-dresser thing for Rocky Horror. And my wife went as Magenta. It was very funny. It was very funny. Another year... I was the girl the next morning. I was in the military when I did that. It was funny. It was comical. Nobody had trans hate, transphobia. None of that shit happened until we got into the 2018, into 2020 during the election cycles. And they uh, formulated a hate. They caused a hate, a political, uh, a po a, a political recipe of hate. And they were telling people that Christians were bad. That the white man was bad. It's been pounded into us since around the start of 2018. I mean, we could argue that it started around 2016 or, or, or earlier with the Ferguson, uh, the Michael Brown, the Michael Brown stuff. And then, but I think that's when they said, "Ooh, we're onto something. We're onto something." And they generated enough hate, and they talked enough about it that somebody like Audrey Hale went and did something about it. And she calls out the hatred of white people. She calls out the hatred of Christian people. 
all the things that the left have been beating down our throats, that the Fox Newses have been creating culture wars against the left with this, this, this kind of rhetoric, where they allow somebody like Kyle Rittenhouse, who's trying to stop evil, they portray him as evil, and then Audrey Hale, who commits evil, they put on a pedestal. The reason they didn't show us the manifesto was because it shows how wrong and how dangerous the game that the media and the politicians have been playing with our heads for far too long. And I think that maybe they learned their lesson. Again, this is optimistic Tansy talking. Maybe they learned, maybe they said, oh shit. Oh shit. This is real. People really watch this stuff and people really take it seriously. Like we didn't really mean white people were bad. We're just saying that like for political season. We didn't know you were actually going to go out and fucking kill somebody over it. They put their flag on the profile picture. That 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 we're good, right? That's that's all. That's what it takes to stop the hate. If we just change our flag, put the I support whatever this is on your profile picture. That's what they're doing. You have in her, him, shim, the deceased suspect who killed everybody's own words. They had opportunities to stop me in 2021. Like, how out of context are you going to be able to like? Those are that person's words that you could have stopped me. How many times? So the question always comes up that we were just talking about beforehand, and I think it's something that uh, a topic that we've talked about, maybe going in depth into maybe looking into other cases that we need a little bit more time than than our normal allotted hours to go into, but to be able to look at all these cases and a lot of these that we have that it'll come up and these that that grab the media's attention immediately, and we have all kinds of information immediately. One thing that always comes out rather quickly within the first 12 or 24 hours, the FBI was aware of the subject. So how many times is the FBI going to be aware of the subject? First of all, this happens. Secondly, what are they doing? If they're aware of them, what are you doing? You're not doing the FBI's job. School board school board members exactly school board meetings that are trying to argue uh, against the sexuality of our children, and they spend more time putting old uh, you know the the old mom and and married dad the nuclear family is that what they call that the nuclear family. Uh, well, they've they've nuked the nuclear families. Nuked the nuclear family. They're too busy watching them and trying to squash them because the, the FBI's main job right now is getting votes on the Democratic side. It is it, it, they're so obsessed with getting Trump out that I don't think that there's anything. There's, listen, journalism is completely dead, and this is a great segue into the next point because here we have real journalism that happened, and I don't think we should miss that. We're going to go over the manifesto a little bit more, but I really want to hit this key point that journalism, I've preached on this show that journalism is dead, which is why we're doing what we're doing. I'm a C student at best. I have no business doing journalism. However, during the last uh, couple of years of my, my stint of being a police officer, listening to the radio, listening to the media and knowing the facts and knowing the totality of these cases, I'm like, dude, how wrong is the media allowed to be every single night? I mean, every single shooting in Raleigh, almost the media was completely wrong. It's like they made shit up. They we would tell them exactly what the shooting was about and they would make something up. I remember one night a kid got his head blown off. 13 year old kid got his head blown off um, due to uh, a gang beef. He was actually stealing wallets or, or breaking into cars 
in another jurisdiction, if you will, another gang's jurisdiction. He didn't steal their wallets. He just stole wallets in their territory or, or pickpocketed in their territory. And so there was a beef going on on social media. And this 13-year-old kid and this 18-year-old rolled up to return all the stolen items, which happened to be like, like three wallets and a cell phone. And it was an ambush with an AK-47. And they blew this kid's head clean off. It was one of the craziest cases. It's in my book that's coming out very soon. Pig Latin, it's actually a comedy. That story is not a comedy. Um, but what ensues afterwards is, is pretty all day, just pretty over the top. And so we, when, the, when the media wants to know what happened, and we say this was over gang retaliation, it says random teens. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, um, teenagers die in random act of violence in Raleigh, North Carolina. It mentions nothing about the gang beef at all. It doesn't even mention that they were gang members. It doesn't mention all of the evidence that this was gang related. They say teens killed in an and uh, a random act of violence. This is a random act of violence. So when we started failure stop, the breakdown was basically to break down these cases. And it led to this because journalism is absolutely dead and nobody has the balls to go out and actually do real journey, except people like project Veritas. And then they were the first media company to ever get raided the first media company of all time to be rated. And who were they rated by? The, F the FBI. FBI. The FBI over a diary that talks about inappropriate showers. By the way, this diary was never stolen. We covered this in depth. But the di diary was left at a sexual rehabilitation center for people who are addicted to sex. She walked out early. Joe Biden's daughter left sex rehab early and left her diary. And another girl saw, found the diary, opened it up and said, damn, the president of the United States was taking inappropriate showers with his daughter, that there was inappropriate talk between her and her brother, Hunter, about explicit things. I should probably turn this over to somebody. Project Veritas doing real journalism was shut down. And that's because we used to have 56 major news outlets. They've reduced it down to six. It is now the propaganda news network. And YouTube's a big part of this. I look at all the stuff that YouTube has taken down because of shit just like this. I mean, they've already taken down the Louder with Crowder episode. Why? Why? They've already confirmed that the manifesto is real. And everybody is so upset on how Louder with Crowder uh, uh, got the diary. It's called fucking journalism. It's called because there are people. Remember when you were a kid, Josh? You remember watching Ninja Turtles? April O'Neil. Remember her? Remember how she was? I always say that the truth lies in Hollywood. The truth always lies in Hollywood. The chief of police always wanted to silence. They always wanted to silence April O'Neil. They always wanted to hold Oprah O'Neill down and not let her get the story. And the corporate news guy was like, damn it, O'Neill. I got the chief breathing down my neck. Damn it, O'Neill. The mayor. The mayor's all over us, O'Neill. You're not covering the, the mutant uh, ooze story because I got the CDC breathing down my neck, April O'Neill. Remember that? That's Hollywood telling you the truth back in the 80s that the news media is controlled by the mayors, the chief of police, the city managers, the CDC, the FDA. They, they can only put out what they're allowed to put out. 
And so journalists like April Neal that had balls, because back when you went to college, college was for the elite. It was for the, you know, it was for the free thinkers. It wasn't just for everybody. Now they're like, okay, there's too many free thinkers going to college. Let's let everybody into college and then let's regulate college to the nth degree and just make it again, part of uh, another clog in the machine here. And we're just going to regurgitate the same shit for everyone. Just like no, no real doctor knows anything about yoga, uh, about um, natural remedies. They know nothing about all they know is prescription pills and like a basic food group diet that was presented to them by the, the federal government. Journalism is dead. There are no real journalism, but now as the, the pendulum swings, as we talk about all the time, People are getting fed up. People know that, like, this is America, baby. We're a land of the rebels. That's what we came here for. That's what our forefathers instilled in us with this kind of side of rebellion, a kind of like, fuck the man, fuck Britain, fuck England. You know what I mean? Like, we got this real kind of like, we don't rules. like old daddy England. We don't like rules. We don't like, like rules. And all of a sudden, when the media starts playing the game, and we're all starting to regret, like when everybody, the, the social media webs, you start seeing like they're trying to get rid of the TikToks because there's so much news. When Canada is trying to silence podcasters, when the government starts talking about regulating podcasts, you know, we all know the reason why they're doing that is because free thinkers like myself, free thinkers like Breaking Points with uh, Christian and Sager or or uh, Sean Ryan or uh, you know any of these guys. Rogan, Tim Pool, all these you know free thinkers out there. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Russell Brand, um, Russell Brand. You know all these guys. They gotta figure out a way to silence us because we're not we're not teaching the propaganda that they want to teach. So here in this case, I think it's really important to to realize that there was a real journalist, and here's what real journalism is: it was one cop because the FBI has already come out and said that this was not a crime scene. This wasn't from the Metropolitan PD's crime scene photographs, which means it didn't come. It didn't come from the official photographs, but we know as law enforcement officers, we know as cops, and we take pictures of all sorts of shit. They're all phone full, headless people, fucking people with gaping wounds. You know, the I, that's what cops, listen, you don't like it. I, I don't like it. I haven't been a cop in four years. And I'm like, why the fuck did I think that that was cool to take a picture of that? But when you're in that thing, like your brain works differently when you're when you're a cop when you're an ems worker you're like damn that dude's been burnt to shit like i don't want to forget this click so it's not unreasonable for me to think that a cop was like yo this is a fucked up manifesto he took a picture you know or or that there was uh you know it might not have been a guy i'm guessing it was a cop i'm guessing it was a cop okay i'm not saying it was a cop so don't don't hit me back a week later and be like yeah you're spreading false information you said it was a cop and it wasn't a cop it was a 4chan dude you know who leaked this from the internet okay maybe, you know it could be it could be i'm guessing i'm guessing that's what this show's about listen go do your own research i'm just trying to entertain cops in their cop car where they're sitting behind the construction site for fuck's sakes that's all i'm trying to do here but let's not let's not lose the point here that Anybody can be a journalist. And I've thought about this very hard. Anybody can be a journalist. Anybody can be a journalist. I think it's time that we bring back the, the, the cool side of journalism. You know, where you're the April O'Neill's of the past, where you're trying to dig in and get a story. If you've got a story and you've done the research for it and we decide to use it and make a show out of it, I'll pay you for it. I saw another podcast. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe a week or so ago. And they said it was a fan, it, it was a fan submitted article. And, it, and this wasn't a political podcast. It wasn't a news podcast. It was a fan submitted article 
Oh, I don't, I can't even remember what I was listening to back then. Uh, I listened to so many podcasts. I, I don't know what it was about, but it was a, it was a fan, uh, a fan produced article. And, um, and they gave like full credit to the person and where they could find them on Instagram. And I said, I mean, that's really rad. And I didn't think about it until late last night, again, while I was sitting at the hospital, you know, I, that's where, that's where journalism's at. It's that, it's that person who has that information that has the balls to put it out. I've actually been studying for another, you know, our night shift top secret information show. I've been really studying on Julian Assange. I, uh, I, I, you know, I've probably spent now, Oh, I don't know, uh, 20 hours looking into Julian Assange case uh, from every angle to try to figure out how to present that type of information onto our night shift, top secret information podcast with uh, conservative and Anthony Ramondi go over there and, and like it and follow it and give it five star rating review, please. Night shift T S I top secret information. Uh, but Julian Assange, like that's real fucking journalism. Obviously he paid a horrific price for it. Um, you know, I'll go as far as saying that Julian Assange, from what I know now might be, might be my hero. I don't agree with his politics so much, but that guy's got balls. Cause you, you gotta think like, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I, there's, there's no way that this is going to, this isn't not me. Well, what we, what we believe, uh, is the the leak came from or the the information came to Crowder from someone that follows Crowder, so it wasn't from what we understand or from what I understand is it this wasn't like some big conspiracy thing. And the other thing is, is they didn't go to Fox News, they didn't go to CNN, they didn't go they went to Crowder, they went to someone that they knew they'd be able to one cooperate and two to report on it. Because what I find interesting the the to, blows my mind the most out of the last 48 hours is the reaction from everybody else because the first thing that people when they've asked me about this is well what is what's the big react what is the big thing and i said well if you take all of the conspiracy theories that you thought was going to be in there just put them into three pages that's pretty much what's there They're like well what do you mean i'm like well they hate christians and they hate white people and it's all written she down and it's, white people how many times does she call white people a racial slur yeah, Listen, I, we so, gotta be careful on this because again, this is why it's so important that we have Patreon subscribers because we're gonna lose YouTube during election yep. season. No, no doubt. Listen, oh, I, I did a conspiracy show. What was it? Uh, two years ago? Three years ago with Mike the Cop? Really great show. And um, I, I want to say it was up to like thirty four thousand views, and then in, in like less than a few hours, and then it went black. And then we got our strike and we were demonetized for like three months and it ended up being like $5,000 that we lost out. Uh, that was when we were on a network, but um, now we don't belong to a network. We're our own network. We create our own network to minimize, but that's why it's important for guys to go over to rumble or to go over to YouTube because this is only, I mean, uh, to Patreon, because this is all going to ramp up. This is all going to ramp up there. I, I, we don't even know if we can show you the manifesto because they're taking everybody else's shit down. Salty cracker. Uh, the YouTube channel Salty Cracker, like I, I couldn't even find his video on the manifesto until like I went to his page. I had to go to find out which category it was in. He's so shadow banned, it's unbelievable. And I, I thought it was a good take. Like, I don't always agree with Salty Cracker. I'm entertained by the man, um, but I wanted to hear his take versus you know several other people's takes, and I couldn't find it. I saw it once. And that's because YouTube is squashing this stuff uh, so far. But this manifesto, he uses the racial slurs. Uh, uh, how many times does he use the racial slurs? I mean, uh, several times he's talking about 
uh, or she's talking about white people. But isn't wasn't wasn't she? She was absolutely white. Audrey Hale's white person. Yep. Yep. So, because from a law enforcement perspective, because this is where the problem comes with the narrative and why, like shining the light on this becomes even more important because this this controlling the narrative that we've been talking about. This is a perfect absolutely in black and white example of we want to control the narrative because from a law enforcement perspective when we look at these incidents every one of these there's not a cop in the room that says hey could we done something better here could we do something better to make sure that this doesn't happen next time or we had an outstanding stellar response to this but we still lost some people what can we do every one of these events there's a critical debrief they do these investigations to go through them one to see if they're doing the right thing but two to see if we can do things better and part of doing things better we're going to look into the background of this individual and in this background of this individual we're going to see this person was radicalized well how was this person radicalized what were they searching on facebook what were they watching on youtube what were they watching on rumble where were they looking at on twitter like they're going to look at all that stuff and when it starts to align with what I'm going to go ahead and say, because that's what, what conservatives have been saying, that there's been this concerted effort to control this narrative to just everything is going to go one way and that's it. And if it doesn't go that way, we're not going to report on it. So this happened and the media just kind of let it went away. And then as soon as more information starts to come out about this, the reaction isn't to condemn like, hey, this is as bad as what we thought it was. And why didn't we bring it out sooner? And this confirms things that we've been thinking about. And what are we going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen? What are we doing to make sure that more people aren't radicalized by this? Instead of doing that route, they're looking at, hey, what do we do to get this person that leaked this? No, no. The person that leaked it isn't the problem. The people withholding information, controlling a narrative for political reasons, that's a problem. We were looking at uh, the Discord. We were talking about the FBI specifically. They're just quickly searching, and from my memory, it was around 35,000 employees. And I say employees. Of that, there's about 12 or 14,000 of those employees are actual special agents. So we'll just go ahead and round that number to 15. So 15 of the 35,000 people that work for the FBI are special agents. So you're going to tell me that the other 20,000 people are support staff? They're all political. They're all admin and they're all political. So if you don't believe that 20,000, two thirds of the FBI has nothing to do with special agent stuff. And I'm not saying that your, your support people and the people that are working in your IT and all that, we're going to go, I'll, I'll concede to a large number of that. You don't need 5,000 supervisory people within the FBI. You don't need 10,000 people supervisory within the FBI because what happens is, is you're going to have instance just like this where we're going to suppress an actual thing that should be out there. We've released these manifestos for every other thing that happens. And when it doesn't happen from one, everybody raises red flags and questions why. Why? Because it doesn't go with the narrative. It goes with what we all believe, with, with the consensus. This, this I'm going to use the word silent majority. But with the silent majority, we can look – we can look at the grass and see that the grass is green. We can look at the sky and see the sky is blue. And when the media is telling us that the grass is blue and the sky is green, like, well, I can look outside with my own eyes and you're wrong. Yeah. So this is just a, ridiculous. Somebody had a good question in here. They said, uh, why is there two officers uh, being arrested? I, I heard Candace Owen say this. Uh, I, I heard the Candace Owen take on it. Um, I don't know. And, and my question would be, how did, how did Candace Owens get that information? Um 
Again, that, that, would had, else. that had to be leaked information. That's, that's because, leaked information. And here's the thing, though. It's like, I, I don't understand. Is like, why, you, you know, well, here it is. It's my biggest problem with authority is they think you're dumb. They think we're dumb. All the authoritarians think we're dumb. The school teachers think you're dumb. The, the college professors think you're dumb. The police chiefs. It's like when you get to a certain rank, the people that, that make it to a certain uh, a point in leadership, they start to think that the people under them are dumb and that their ideas are bad or so, or that they can't handle the truth. And, and, and I have a huge problem with this. And I talk about it in detail in my little 13 minute monologue. I believe that monologue is on Patreon. It's also on YouTube under the videos. Maybe it was like 17 minute monologue on the janitor, the, the school janitor that shit the taco meat um, and did all these other foul things in the name of hating the children. And, and he was gay. He was in a uh, wolf pissy play thread. And that's how the whole thing came out. But the media, this was found out on a Thursday and the school didn't tell the parents until the following Monday. And they also did it by a robocall and they sugarcoated the whole thing and kind of made it like it wasn't that big of a deal. And I and, and I raged on this little monologue about like, do, do, no, it's your responsibility as the school to contact these parents and say somebody shit in your kids fucking taco meat and your kids probably ate it. Somebody pissed in the bowls and your kids probably ate food from it. There was bleach on the cucumbers. Your kids probably consumed on it. This man jerked off on a pillow in the library. And so if your kid went to the library and likes to lay on pillows, which you should probably be teaching your kids not to do those types of things. I wouldn't even let my kid lay on a pillow in the fucking hospital last night. I made him lay on my jacket. I'm not doing out of that. But he probably laid in this man's jizz. The parents have a right to know. It is not your job to be politically correct <coughs> and your job to be, excuse me, and, you, and your job is sugarcoat this. These parents have the right and have an, there's an obligation because of medical emergency. It's not an emergency for medical reasons. What if this guy has hepatitis? I would want to know immediately that my kid consumes shit, not over the week, not waiting the weekend. I want to know right now, even if, even if the allegations have no evidence, the parents have a right to know they should have shut the school down. Completely. They would have done it over a sneeze during COVID. They would have shut the whole fucking thing down. And they didn't do that in this case. And it made me furious. You want to go and listen to my monologue. I'm not going to give you the whole 17 minutes now, but you can go to our YouTube again, subscribe and, um, or join our Patreon. And, and you can hear the audio version of that. Um, and, and I was really, 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 really upset about it. As far as the two officers that leaked it, I, I said, I listen, I way before Candace Owens said that when I first saw this, I said, I guarantee, well, I shouldn't say guarantee. I would be willing to bet that that a police officer took that picture or EMS or, or whoever, you know, detective or whatever. And listen, we are human beings, especially street cops. We're like the humanist of, of human cops. And, and if you don't think that there's cops out there that just live to want to do the right thing, that want to uphold the Constitution, every cop that I worked with in Southeast District, when they were talking about a gun roundup, remember that big rumor going around? They're going to do a ground, gun roundup. They're going to go door to door. And so-and-so gets elected. They're going to go door to door. We all said, like, not a fucking chance. You can tell us that's what we're going to do, but we're not going to do it. And the majority of police officers were not enforcing COVID shit. They had to go and find the right officer, the fucking yes guy, the one that's trying to climb the corporate ladder to go out there and, and do the COVID thing. And I think more than anything, COVID taught a lot of cops looking back on it now that they're like, that's not going to happen again. We're not going to allow that shit to happen again. 
I'm surprised it happened the first time. If I would have been a cop, they would have had to fire me very quickly during that because I would have been calling everybody. I'd be like, yo, that isn't constitutional. You know, it's not constitutional. And we have an, an obligation to uphold the constitution, just like any, like, you know, just like anybody else. I'm a, I'm a combat veteran as well. So, you know, domestic and foreign, the whole thing. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. So the, it's not unreasonable for me to believe that a police officer was like, dude, this is bullshit. This has gone on far too long. People need to know the narrative behind this trans was started by the media. And that's what's important here, that the media narrative, the narrative that they've been driving, that white people are bad and that trans people are upset. This is a hate that they created. There was no trans hate. There was no homophobia hate in 2016, 2015, 2014. 2012 nobody gave a shit it was a last ditch effort to get trump the fuck out of office and they had to start some shit and the black and white war with black lives matter wasn't going as good as they thought it was going to go and so they started tacking on stuff and that's how we have this whole trans movement going on and and, and guess what somebody had enough of it somebody said listen enough is enough guys People are fucking dying for this shit. You are radicalizing people that have mental instabilities. You are allowing people to have mental problems and have it pour out onto our streets and to kill other people because of their mental problems. I got a guy right now blowing up my messages because I wouldn't look into his DWI case. And I, I politely told him the best I can, go out and go fishing, go do something fun. I'll get to it when I get to it. I have a lot going on. I said, I've got five kids, man. I can't just drop everything to look at your DUI case. And he wrote me back this massive monologue full of hate and fury and fire in his heart. His hatred for me is greater than the hatred of cops. He, he called me like a fake veteran and called me all sorts of names. And now this guy hates me more than anything in the world. And he thinks that that's okay. And, there, and, and that's okay because that's what he's, that is a learned behavior by this gentleman. This gentleman sees this in the public that people are allowed to just go into the grocery stores and smack people on the head with uh, Yoohoo bottles. And they're allowed to just act out on social media and just say whatever the fuck they want because nobody is trying to say that your responsibility and your parents' responsibility with your mental illness is that is just that. It's your responsibility. You have to fucking get a handle on it. It's not okay to go out and act on your uh, your mental breakdowns. But now we Personal. celebrate. We put it all over the interwebs. Personal accountability is something that we have just taken off of the, like the White House within hours of the shooting in Memphis was talking about transphobic hate. Yeah, yeah. I am not a big fan of that transphobic person that shot up a school. Fuck that person. I will hate that person until the weeds I've done growing out of the eyeballs of the skull of the rotting corpse. I will hate that person. But I hate that person because that person went and shot up a school. I don't care who you are. If you go and shoot up a school, you've entered I hate you list. Go ahead. And that's pretty easy. If you shoot up a school, not going to be friends. You're coming off my Christopher <laughs> Card list. Not going to be going to Chuck E. Cheese together. It's not going to happen. But that's not something because they're transphobic or they were the, it's because they shot up a school and they shot up a school because the media put in this, this narrative that there's all this hate and there's so many people or they're trying to kill you. And if you don't, well, if you put people into a corner, they're going to react. And if you put them in this virtual corner and all you've had for the last two or three years of COVID is there's all this hate and you're not allowed to go outside and see the sun and all this hate and there's all this hate and there's all this hate and there's all this. Hate. Well, if there's a bunch of hate, I'm going to finally 
do something about it. People have this inability to either shit or get off the pot, for lack of a better term. And in her well, mind, it know, was as far go as to it, school. The doomsday clock, people, the people that make the doomsday clock. I mean, if you really read it, they moved it 90 seconds to midnight. Um, and and the, all the rhetoric behind it is that the politicians aren't listening and people aren't doing their best. I, I mean, like if you read that, it looks like a call to action, <laughs> like a, you need to take these people out. Um, you know, it's it, the same thing with the January, January 6th insurrection. I like to say it all the time. It's like. Uh, listen, I don't want to beat it with a dead horse. I'll say it again because we got a bunch of new people in here listening. Uh, uh, maybe guys like Thomas Hunt's never heard this this spiel from me before. But, you know, if I tell my son that I'm going to go out and mow the lawn on my very loud snapper riding lawnmower and I'm leaving a DVD on the table, on the kitchen table, and I tell my son there is nudity on that DVD, some big ginormous double D tatas at the two minute and 30 second mark of that DVD, I'm going out to mow the yard on my very loud snapper lawnmower. Do not watch that DVD. I cannot then ex I can't expect him to not go and watch that DVD. I have literally just given him every opportunity to send to be a bad to the thing with the January 6th movement. I said from the beginning, Hillary Clinton and Chuck Schumer denied uh, the National Guard. They denied, well, first they denied extra officers. Then they denied the help of Metro PD. Then they denied the National Guard. They literally set, and I talked to supervisors at DC in Washington. Uh, we covered this again, in depth on this show in previous episodes for hours, um, full breakdown of it. Uh, they, they allowed this to happen. They were like, oh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are going to be marching on D.C. Please don't come in here. Please, let's not have the cops over here. You know, uh, it's the same it's the same narrative that, that I'm preaching to you. And it's kind of like they're doing that with this cold of vigilanteism that white people are bad and that, uh, you know, the trans people are oppressed and they're bullied. Listen, these folks are the biggest bullies in the world. I saw somebody else that said the Columbia, the Columbine people were, were actually the, the bullies in this situation. Guys, how many times if I go to a skate park and my son's just trying to have a good time and listen, let me just be honest. Let me be honest. Let me be super real here. My kids are very good skateboarders. Very good. At any given time, they could be the absolute best people at the skate park. They're talented. They're very talented. And they love everybody there. And they and they they will drop their skateboards in a heartbeat to help somebody else out, to help somebody learn a new trick. They made a video on their own because people didn't want to compete because they showed up. And they were skating in the 13 to 16-year-olds, even though that they're under 10 years old. They moved themselves up to the 13 to 16-year-old division because they didn't want they didn't want to wipe, you know, they didn't want to destroy the 10 and under division. They want to have fun. Yeah, they wanted to go and compete. They don't want to just win trophies. It's not about winning trophies. And so they entered the 13 to 16-year-old. And then some of the 13 and 16-year-olds were like, fuck that. I'm not going to get embarrassed by these kids. And and literally, my son Duke hurt caught wind of this. 10 years old and started begging dudes and giving them like these great motivational speeches to go, to go and compete. They're very good kids. They're very kind hearted kids. They are not the bullies of the skate park. You know who the bullies of the skate park are? It's the fucking purple, purple, pink hair colored weirdos, the wackadoodles that show up and are jealous or upset that my kids are better than them. And so they purposefully sit on places where my kids are going to try to skate. And so if my kid's like, oh, shit, well, I can't skate there because Bozo over there is vaping over there. They're the ones that are spray painting on the concrete. It's not the kids that are actually skating really good. 
that are ruining the skate park. It's a fucking kid that's trash that can't do it. It's not the kids that are good at skateboarding that are sitting over there vaping or listening to excessively loud music, forcing everybody else to look at them. They're not the ones wearing the shirts that say men can have pussies too and fuck Trump and all these things. It, they're the ones, it's these trash skaters, it's these people who can't skate that come to the thing and they push all of their shit on the people who are just there to skateboard. So who's the fucking bully? But then they're like, oh, the jocks and the good skateboarders, you know, they, they call my kids like TikTok kids or the YouTube skaters. They're not real skaters, they're YouTube skaters, they're Instagram skaters. They're Listen, my kids, are, they got their head down trying to do the right thing. They give out more free skate shit to people than anybody else at any other skate park. I mean, when they see a kid do a trick for their first time, maybe it's their first drop in, they go and give them a free deck out of the car from their own winnings. Nobody else is doing that at the parking lot. I'm not trying to blow it up, but what I'm saying is that the nice and kind kid, the, the Christian kids that are at the academy, they're not the fucking bullies. It's this Audrey Hale bitch. It's this Audrey Hale bitch that shows up and wants all this negative attention with their colored fucking foo foo hair and then wants to oppose on everybody else by making them call each other by the pronouns. And when they don't, they're oppressed, oppressed. No, you're, you're forcing oppression. You're forcing me to have to kind of cater to your fundamental disabilities. And that's not fair to me. I'm just trying to put my head down. I'm trying to be a good guy. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I'm trying to make it in this world. And you're trying to confuse me and distract me with all your wackadoodle shit. Same at the, the the skate park. The skate park, the kid that shoots up a skate park one day with the fucking wackadoodle hair and the foo-foo, you know, corn t-shirt with the cut-off sleeves. Listen, I like corn too. I'm just telling you what the stereotype of, of these fucking knuckleheads are. And they're little stupid vape pens, uh, you know, that, that look like you're, you're sucking on uh, some Transformers dick. And they're sitting over there puffing on these fucking things. They're fucking doing all this crazy shit. And then they're the ones that are going to say that my kids were the bully. All because my kids are out there grinding, trying to be better at, at something. So I would ask, how are they being bullies? Are they being bullies because they went out there and practiced their ass off? Are they being bullies because they went out there instead of complaining about it? They went out there and just did the thing. They went out there and got better at the thing that they wanted to get better at. And then they were bringing the people up around them because they don't want to succeed by themselves. They want to enjoy the, the sport and bring the people. It's a good thing that we don't live closer. Because I would probably be in jail for knocking some of these people out the skate park. I don't have kids. But we we talked about this last night. Like it's ridiculous, and the the vilification needs to go where it needs to go. If you're the loud mouth that's not special and you want attention, go do something that's worthy of attention. And by no means are we saying go shoot up a school. No. Go get better at skating. Go get better at being a human. Go get better at basket weaving. Go get better at coloring your hair. Go get better at debate. Go get better at being. How about spend less time? How about spend less time having political warfare with your constituents, and and show some love? Like, when's the last time that fucking vegan person said something fucking nice? All they do is sit around there and judge you and shit on you and, and make you feel weird and, and, and make everything uncomfortable with their fucking they're the ones wearing the wackadoodle t-shirts. By the way, that, that's a shout out to Michael Hendricks. He loves he loves it when I say wackadoodle. We'll get some going on. Thomas Hunt's vaping as he's watching. <laughs> Dude, I've got so much heat over vaping. Um, I always say this though. I always say this like if my son, I do this in my stand-up comedy routine. I'm like, listen, my son wants to be gay. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, if my son wants to uh if my if my son wants to ride scooters, not okay. Nah, yeah, I mean that would suck. But I, you know, I'd deal with it if he was a scooter rider. I'd, I'd deal with it. But if my son came home with a vape pen in his mouth, I'd kick him the fuck out and make him change his last name. 
I'd say, you come back when you're smoking a Marlboro Red unfiltered. Like a fucking real man. Like the rest of you us. get out there like a real man and fucking smoke them real cigarettes, not that pussy shit. Fuck it. I don't, I, how can you be a man coming up with like pineapple pina colada vape smoke? I love that in my distillery that I own. People are like, can we vape in here? And I'm like, does it smell? Does it fucking have an odor? Because why should all of us who are trying to enjoy the aromas of rum and, and rum cocktails and all the hard work and effort on there, or you're at the restaurant, you're trying to enjoy a really nice steak meal. Why should we subject it to your fucking pina colada berry blast vape smoke? Like go outside, motherfucker, <laughs> go outside. Why are you doing it? And it drives me fucking mad. Um, that's the only reason I don't like vapes because, uh, I know if everybody just vaped outside and kind of did it reasonably, that'd be great. But I mean, it's like every bar you go into, you know, you, you can't even sit, you can't play pool anymore without getting a whiff of, you know, Tropicana Berry Blast smoke vape in your face. And you're like, yeah, I don't I don't feel like playing pool. Like, you know, what makes me feel like playing pool is like stale beer and Marlboro cigarettes. Cigars. Uh, I get it. He says he vapes because he doesn't like the smell of cigarettes. And I don't, he doesn't do it indoors. That's good. I'm not shit. I, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Listen, I don't kick people out of my distillery because they vape in there. I let them do it. I just inside. I internally rage. Uh, I internally rage, but I'm still friends with all these people. And they all know me because they know I own the bar. And listen, I'll, I'll catch shit about it it's, uh, tonight. Poker night. Be like, man, why do you gotta shit on poker players so much? I mean, uh, a vapor so much. And I'll be like, because I'm an asshole. Why do I shit on defund dancing cops? You know, it's because I'm an asshole. But listen, you don't have to agree with me. There's a lot of people in live chats today. And I really, really appreciate that. Felony, Melanie, Michael Hendricks, Bosco. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button uh, and, and follow us on Patreon. And, and really what helps us out the most is though is giving us that five-star rating and review over on the uh, the Apple podcast or the Spotify. Because again, 99% of our listenership does come from audio. Um, but if you do like this type of content, we're putting so much more on YouTube. I'm doing these monologues now. I'm doing these monologues uh, like 13 to 14 minutes, probably twice a week where I just rage and rant on these things. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, we got a stand-up comedy show this week. I'll be opening up for Vinny Montez, uh, Vinny Montez in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, at Uncle Jesse's Honky Tonk in Raleigh, North Carolina at 2 p.m. and another show at 4 p.m. Again, I'm opening up for Vinny Montez and Jay Durrell too. Uh, uh, well, well, Vinny Montez is very famous, uh, but he used to be a cop. Well, I think he still is a cop actually, which is crazy. Colorado. Um, super funny guy, big, uh, big giant YouTube following. And so, uh, I, I'm really excited. I'm a little bit nervous uh, on that one. Uh, but, but I'm excited overall excited. And then, um, right in the throes of this, this book deal. Um, I, I we're signing the book deal. Like as we speak, I, I, I was looking at my phone earlier and I apologize. And that's literally because we accepted the offer and the contract uh, is, is pretty much finalized. They're just drawing it out contractually as we had written it. It was basically in bullet points. Now they're putting it into, to legal jargon and we're going to get that signed. And um, that's a 1% book deal, man. It's insane. Um, I, celebrations to come. I'm not going to celebrate early until it's actually signed on the dotted line. Um, but uh, I had to start a new public Facebook page called Eric Tanzi. Uh, the profile picture got me looking all cool with my hands thing and, uh, and uh, thing. So if you want to, I got to build up that because I want to keep my family Facebook private. Um, so with this whole book thing, ads and everything are going to go through this new Facebook profile. I really need everybody to go follow it. Um, the email list uh, is growing. Uh, thank you to the, I, I don't even know how many hundred people are on this email list right now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting, dude, I, there was probably close to 30 emails last night that you guys sent me. If you want to get on the email list, all you have to do is DM me on uh, Instagram or on 
Messenger, uh, you can go to Failure to Stop or Eric Tanzi. Um, they're both of those are checked by everybody, and just leave your email address. We know what it's for. It's for the book. Um, but if you write a paragraph, you when you're in Messenger and IG, if you copy the paragraph, you can't just copy the email address. It copies the whole paragraph, and so then we take that into the system, and then we put it in, and it smashes everything together like it's an email, and then we have to find out where your email starts and then delete it back. So just send a message with your email, and if you want to send a message afterwards, send a separate message. Um, but we are even if you fuck it up, we don't hate you. We still love you because I'm I'm super appreciative of this email list. Um, I think pre-sale of that book's probably going to start around January, I would imagine. So um, it's called Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story. And we've been working on it very hard. And uh, I think it's, I can talk about it now. Uh, my my co-author on this, I wrote the book and then had a co-author go through it with me. And that was Nick Palmashano, Tim Kennedy's co-author. And I mean, dude, you couldn't ask for like, what? I, I don't even know what world I'm living in that Nick Palmashano would want to take the time on a guy like me, but, and to put so much effort into this book, um, really going all in on a New York times bestseller with this book. And, and, and I'll give you some more news here. Uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of today, tomorrow, uh, probably Friday at the latest, but, um, I know, uh, I know it sounds weird trying to, to vouch for someone, but I can a thousand percent vouch like that this has been going on behind the scenes for quite some time. So the fact that we can publicly talk about a little bit of it, it's yeah, it's really like nice. It, right? it's, it's going down. So people really have been nice. asking about it. They're like, it's happening. It's really happening. Yeah. This is a funny story. It's hard to write a comedy. Um, especially a true comedy about being a police officer. Um, but we did it. Uh, and uh, our agent is Tim Kennedy's agent, which I'm still so cool. I don't like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think that's cool because I'm such a big Tim Kennedy fan. Um, I love everything that Tim Kennedy has done for veterans. I like everything that Tim Kennedy did in the UFC. I can remember when I was going through the special forces uh, qualification course and uh, Tim Kennedy was doing his UFC fight and he was sponsored by Ranger Up which is owned by Nick Palmashano. And um, and I remember when he got in the ring and they, they were asking him, like, you know, they asked the other fighter and the other fighter, like, I'm going to beat his face and I'm going to kick him to death. I'm gonna da -da 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 -da. And all Tim Kennedy said was, man, I've been carrying heavy shit my whole life. I'm going to carry this dude around the ring like a, like a 110 pound rucksack in Afghanistan or some shit like that. And all of us were, you know, in the green beret course carrying heavy shit every day. And we were like, yeah, it's our boy. That was like an instant fan, instant fan. So, um, now to say fuck 15 years later, um, Tim Kennedy's agent is my agent and Tim Kennedy's co-author is my co-author. It's, it's, it's a dream it's come true. Crazy world. And I know I, I'm talking a lot right now and everybody's probably going to be mad at me when I get off of this. And they're like, dude, we told you not to say shit until you sign this contract. But, uh, um, but I did get an email here just a few seconds ago. So we're in the throes of it all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. I'm sorry we didn't get to Sam Bank, Sam Fringman. Boy, we'll, we'll end it on this because we still got a few seconds. This is a great story. I really wanted to get this out. Um, <laughs> Oh God! Who hasn't Trump saved? Now this is gonna piss some people off. I, you guys know I'm not a Trump. I, I don't have stickers. I don't have flags. I'm not like some fucking uh, like I'm not gonna suck the teats of Donald Trump. I, I think he was a good president. I think he did a lot of great things. Do I think he's a great person? Probably not. Um, do I think he's probably had more abortions than than anybody you or I know personally? Probably. I'm not gonna put the guy on a pedestal, but you know, was he way better than what we got now? And is he better than what we're gonna have going forward? Absolutely. And this is, I think, is the funniest thing in the world. All of the people out there who were on riding the Zelensky coattails, who were like, let's change our fucking 
profile to the Ukrainian flag and let's go all in on this Zelensky shit. And, and I'm talking the left and the right, but even more funny from the left. But now Zelensky has just come out with a video in the last couple of days begging Trump for credit to save Ukraine because we ditched them, baby. We said, fuck Ukraine. This is all about Israel. We've got a lot. We got, there's so much more. We got the Suez Canal on the line here. We got billions of dollars worth of gas on the line here. Like there's money to be made and we couldn't, this couldn't have happened at a better time. We've got a, a nuclear sub on the way to threaten Iran. World War III is absolutely imminent and who gives a shit? The panic coming out of Zelensky in his last video, absolutely hilariously disturbing hilariously disturbing because we never saw a panic like this when you know his buildings and all the civilians were getting you know uh killed by uh by um by the russians and oh by the way if you remember we had to like comb through all the videos of what were video game things and all the propaganda every time you saw the the fighter jet the ghost of kiev, ghost of kiev. the the, uh, the, the obvious propaganda coming out of a uh, Ukraine back then was laughable to me when they were calling Putin a war, a war criminal for, for killing innocent civilians in these bombing raids. When I'm like, yo, do you, did nobody remember Fallujah? So uh, is Bush, uh, is Bush going to jail for war crimes? Because when we killed like in the first day, I think we killed like 600 civilians day fucking one. And it only got worse from there. I don't remember what the stats were. I think it was like close to six grand, 6,000. You can fact check me uh, on that if you want, but we killed thousands of people i know that i know we killed thousands of people in fallujah so the propaganda train was coming out there but we never saw a panic coming out of Zelensky. like we've seen in this video please help me please lord jesus oh baby donald trump come and save me oh donald trump i need you i need you i need you mountain i fucking need you more than ever um i i think it's hilarious that Zelensky is begging begging for money right now and and he's not begging uh, you, you know i'm telling you right now if i'm the leader of a country if raleigh north carolina is under attack and you're not giving me money what i'm gonna do is show you heroics like you've never seen before to make the world go motherfuckers i'm talking like some gettysburg picket charge type I shit yeah, fucking Alamo. Alamo. I'm talking like Braveheart on the horse running up and down the troops. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not doing with purple things. hair. You, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta take the colored hair out of it. If we're gonna, if we're gonna lay this out, gotta take the colored hair out of it. You're not gonna get any believers if your hero has purple hair and yeah. weighs 300 pounds. Yeah, just you're talking about the Secretary of Defense, something like that. Um, or whatever the fuck, whoever it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you got to do something to rally the troops. Get a fucking drone up there to drag like one of those beach signs. You know what I'm saying? When you're at the beach and it's like, Dick's Wings, two for 25 cents right now over at Dick's Wings, you know, and it's flying over the beach sand, flapping in the wind. You know what I mean? Like, get you a drone and fly you one of those. Put something audacious in it. Like, we're going to drink the blood of, like, Russian babies or something like that and make the world go, whoa, Ukraine's in it to win it, baby. I don't see shit coming out of Ukraine except a bunch of whining and bitching that they don't have enough money. I want to see more fucking pickets charges. I want like, if you're really at war, if you really want to win this thing, if it's really all about your country and your freedom, like show me some Braveheart shit and make us want to all be there. I'm not sold on it. Like, I just think this is a money grab at this point. 
I mean, where's all this money going? Like when I see like uh, all these uh, the the small businesses are thriving in Ukraine and all these things, like they, they, you know, the days running uh, as normal. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see some shit like we saw in Poland in uh, what, what was it in uh, Warsaw? In 1944, remember Warsaw? I mean, dude, they were fighting with fucking shovels. You had the chef. You had the local baker. Uh, I remember one part of the story of Warsaw um, where there was a brick wall and a man jumped behind the brick wall and, and the rush, uh, the um, the Germans were, were moving through. And this guy just starts shooting at these Germans and these little rover tanks, just one asshole shooting at them. And they're fucking shooting back. And, and you can see a picture right now. If you type in like Warsaw, you'll see a picture of like a, a, a like a one wall standing, complete rubble all around. And this gentleman is sitting there with his gun and running by was like a chef. And the chef was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm holding this wall. And they're like, why? And he's like, it's the only wall left in Poland. And they're like, Oh, Okay. And so they duck behind it. And then another guy's like, yo, what is this? What are we holding over here? And the guy's like the last fucking wall of Poland. And they're like, all right, I'll, I'll get ammo. And another guy and another girl is back there. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's a picture. This is why I love you. And all of a sudden you get this whole gang and gaggle of fucking people. This guy's got a fucking pistol. He's got a cold. He's uh, he's got a 1911. This other dude's got a greaser and, and they're, they're holding this fucking piece of rubble well if you if, if you read the history right when the germans came through they were like what's going on they're like i don't know and they're like what is that and they're like i don't know it's important because they're holding it and they literally stopped and fought there uh for just enough time and in that night i think it was like the russians or the soviets had actually moved up and and, and then uh, and the whole thing was over and and they won uh and they won warsaw 44 but that last final stand i mean literally they, it was down to the last final hours 300,000 people had died in this or something like that. So, yeah, like over like 50 something days. I'm not a historian. I'm a C minus student. Big. You're sitting in your cop car board as fuck anyway at the construction site making $35 an hour. Google it. It's safe. It's Google safe. Google uh, Warsaw, the Battle of Warsaw. 63 days, 80 to 90% of the city was destroyed. Yeah, like 300,000 people died, right? Uh, I've got uh, between an estimated between 150 and 200,000 Polish okay. civilians died. Mostly in mass executions. That's not even including the Slovakian troops, uh, the Czechoslovakian troops that showed up and just got fucking wiped off the face. That was a massacre. I think every one of them died. Yeah, they call this um, a mass executions between 150 and 200,000. Civilians. Civilians. That's what I'm saying. That Hundreds of thousands of people in Warsaw. Yeah. These motherfuckers held onto a wall. They said, this is Poland. This is Poland. This war, dude. You know how fucking amped up it. And then when 9/11 happened, they put that Warsaw flag, which is red and white, with like a whale hook on it, and people were calling it white supremacist. White supremacists have taken over New York. No, what it was was Polish survivors of Warsaw survivors that were living in New York were like, "Yo, this shit's not gonna happen again." And they rose the fucking flag up underneath the American flag on 9/11. If that's not that doesn't get your war boner hard AF. I don't know what does get your war boner, but I need some war boner type material coming out of Ukraine, not getting it, not getting it. And, and Israel's doing a lot better job marketing their campaign uh, than Ukraine is. Ukraine's got the TikTok videos with the pretty girls, you know, the, ooh, look at me. Uh, you, you, I'm a front line, you know, with the makeup on and a little bit of dirt here. You, you know, the whole thing is a propaganda fucking night i mean it's it's in your face propaganda and we're not that stupid 
We all see it. You know, um, the United States isn't a credit union. Yeah, listen, I agree with you, Thomas. I don't I don't think we are either. I don't think we're, you know, listen, do I want to see Russia take over Ukraine? No, I don't fucking want to see that. You know, uh, I, I, I have questions on why all of a sudden they want to take, take back Ukraine. I think a lot of it has to do with the Biden administration. I don't think that's anti-American. Uh, a matter of fact, a family member of mine was like, man, when, back when we were covering the Ukraine stuff, they were like, you got to stop this anti-American rhetoric. You got to stop questioning this shit. And I said, listen, I'm not anti-American. I'm just saying, why now, all of a sudden, does Russia give a fuck about Ukraine right this second? And I think we're not going to be able to win a war unless we understand that. And I think the truth lies in the weakness behind Biden. I think there is something to have with those bio labs. Call me a tinfoil hat. Put it back on. Put my tinfoil hat back on. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying I think it is. I think there is something to uh, us putting uh, nuclear scientists and and all sorts of scientists and and armaments and rockets and everything all along the border of Russia. We wouldn't allow that shit to happen in Cuba. We didn't stand for that in Cuba. Operation Northwood. Look it up. Look it up. Conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat that came true. Look it up. Operation Northwood. You know, so I, I say we question all that because then we could stop the war. Oh, oh, hold on. Russia doesn't like it that we have all this armament. Oh, they don't like it that we have like some kind of a pharmaceutical labs. Well, let's just fucking get rid of some of these. Let's let's start compromising. Let's, but no, we, we don't have the truth. We don't know it. All of a sudden, it's just that we got a warmongering uh, of Putin. That's not true. I'm not saying Putin's a great guy, but we know that's not true. We know it's not true. How can you how can you how can you fix the problem if you don't know the truth behind what the problem even fucking is? You know what I'm We're, saying? You it, it you're not going to change me that this is a big money laundering operation. It 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 and here's like of the million conspiracy re- I I'll tell you why. One, we sent billions over there. Two, what have we bought? If I spend $20 my wife will come in the next room and ask, what did you spend that on? I get audited for every penny that we spend, and yet we've sent billions of United States tax dollars, your money, my money, everybody that thinks we're anti-American's money. All of our actual American money has gone to Ukraine, and what have we done with it? What has happened? I don't see like their brand new tanks that they have built. I don't see the factories that they have stood up to start building missiles or still building. I don't see where our money's gone. I see that they, we, we pay for first responders over there. I see that the, a lot of people have been saying that there's corruption over there and that it's the biggest money grab in the history. And the more corrupt you are, the better that you are. I'm seeing a lot of that. What I'm not seeing is a lot of receipts for what we're doing. So my thoughts on all of it is let's just let them do what they want to do. If it's not affecting us here, I don't give a shit. What we need to do is go collect all of that billions of dollars, take, I don't know, 10, whatever they said, 10 billion, this one is going to cost to build a wall. Take some of that, build a wall. Let's do that. Let's start securing our borders. Let's start taking care of our own people. Let's start using our American tax dollars on Americans. And if that's not an American way of thinking, then maybe you need to go to Canada or Mexico or someplace else and ask them how they're spending their billions of tax dollars. I don't see any other country on the face of the earth spend the amount of money that we do for other people's countries. It's insane. Uh, it, it, it's insane. And, and listen, you want to talk about a new world order, we could go there. That's something for night shift, top secret information. Uh, by the way, we've got uh, red pill threads. 
coming on as a special guest for for the next night shift top secret information that's going to be very exciting please head over to that podcast also we got the anti-hero podcast on the c-minus media network they have a story that just made fox news so uh if you guys don't know we're c-minus media company and uh, C-minus um, is the media company. And under that, we have Failure to Stop. We have Anti-Hero Podcast. We have Getting a Grip on Things. We have Night Shift Top Secret Information. And we have uh, Gromit Vomit Gromit Podcast. Uh, and, and so we'll have a website here pretty soon with all those websites. But Anti-Hero Podcast, which is a Delta Force operator and a uh, street cop, they've had two episodes that have gone ultra viral. One exposing the truth behind the Bin Laden raid and, and, and how the government used... Uh, a person who did not kill bin Laden as the face of, or allegedly didn't kill him as the face. And that made huge waves um, across things. Uh, basically alluding to that, that um, Rob O'Neill did not kill bin Laden and why it's important to know that he didn't kill bin Laden. It was a phenomenal episode, way different than I thought it was going to be. And they had fact, they had um, lie detector guys on there, detectives on there. They had all sorts of stuff. It was very well articulated. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I think they they wrapped it up nicely. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, ruin the story for you. I'm not going to spoil alert it. So go, go and listen to the anti-hero podcast, Rob O'Neill episode, but they recently, they just had a porn star, a cop who left being a police officer to be a porn star. And now they have these people live inside their studio and uh, it ended up making the, the, it ended up making Fox news. And their article, their video from their podcast was on Fox News. So very proud of the Antihero podcast. That podcast has gone from like, these dudes were rad when we found them. Um, and they were getting very low, very, very low downloads. And their social media was firing. Everything was going great. And then we were like, yo, why is your audio listens trash? Like, how do people not hear that? And it's because, you know, they're not part of a network. And, and when you have a network and you can have a, an audience like ours, we get hundreds of thousands of downloads, well, 100,000 plus downloads uh, every month. They didn't have somebody like that pushing their podcast. And when your you know, podcast industry is so saturated, it's very hard to make it without being on a network. And um, and so I said, why don't you guys come under our umbrella? We'll help you out. We'll get you guys some listeners. We'll make a deal. And um, man, I, we, it has paid us off uh, 200%. Sure. These guys just keep coming out with ragers. So, awesome guys, um, you know, that's the, that's the benefit. So getting a grip on things, same thing. Uh, very funny. It's Mike the Cop's son. It's Mike the Cop's son who's been a producer since he was like 14 years old and uh, really has a unique perspective on life, even though he's super young. At 24, I think he is. 24 years yeah, old. He's Just being in social media life since he was 14, he actually has a lot to talk about and uh, very interesting takes on things and the way he runs it almost like social media like perfect it has comedy it has an old guy with a bunch of wisdom and then and then it has him just doing excellent production yeah they get the funding so very good podcast that's called getting a grip on things we, we encourage you guys if you want more content sitting in your police cars and your meat wagons and your fire trucks sitting around at the station uh you know or, or if you're just a citizen that you know, sitting at your desk and doing whatever it is that you do, head over and, and the, the fun doesn't stop right here. The fun continues with all those other great podcasts. And if you have kids, we have Gromit Vomit Podcasts, which are 
two 10 year olds, my son and his best friend, um, pro surfers. They just had Bam Margera on. They've had uh, Duke Ipa on, Rob Machado, uh, world champion surfer. They've had um, Ryan Sheckler on, Wyatt Hammond on. Um, they've had some of the guys from the team, from Tony Alva team manager, the voice of the X Games and the Olympics on. They've had several Olympians on. So if you want short content that's crit friendly, it's grommet vomit. Um, and then Bosco Autry, who's just a fan. Let's give a fan a bone. Bosco Autry's in the chat. Bosco, what do you have? You got a podcast going on. Go ahead, type it out in the chat what it is, and I'll say I'll say everything about it. Um, but we love Bosco Autry and want to support him, and he's got a, a good automotive, uh, automotive and music. And uh, what what's the name of your podcast? Forever Road Podcast. Forever Road. Forever Road. I, I subscribe to it actually. Um, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a fan. That's a, that's a good fan of ours. He also runs the private Facebook group that you guys could be a part of really fun. Audacious memes. It's really, there's really no rules in there. There's no, the rules are don't offend Facebook because you're not going to offend us. Um, I mean, they put in some foul stuff in there, some funny stuff and there's some motivating stuff. It's not all just, you know, it's just fun. It's just a good outlet to just post whatever it is that you want to think is funny. And listen, if you don't like it, don't comment on it. Don't look at it. Don't bitch about it because if you bitch about it, I'm just going to kick you off. And if you're an anti-cop and you find you fucking make it in there, listen, as long as it's productive anti-cop shit and we can, it starts arguments and we can argue with you without you being a little bitch. Uh, we're not going to be a bitch. Let's do it. I'm fucking, I, I like no rules uh, play. You know, it's not for everybody. You got to have thick skin, but it's called FTS underscore Wolfpack. Somebody's got to change that fucking profile picture though with that fucking cheesy ass wolf. And the, listen, I, I know the mug and everything that's cute and everything, but when it's shrunk down on your phone, it, like it just looks like a smorgasbord of shit. So somebody come up with a better profile picture. Um, I don't let them do it. Let the, like I want y'all, but I'm telling you, you can't see it when it's blown up. It's not that bad. It looks like something you'd find at a, at a truck stop in Arizona. Like maybe that the only thing it's missing is a, one of those dream catchers, but, um, I can dig it, but it's when you cram it down, you can't tell you can't tell that it's Jameson. You can't tell that it's a, a wolf and you can't you can't even see the coffee mug. So it's it's really hard to see it. Um so uh just constructive criticisms there. Um and you can change it. Listen, y'all do whatever you want. Don't change it. I don't fucking care. Um I'm just telling you that's what I think when I see it. It's it's hard to read, but um if you do want graphics, hit up Josh. You'll look uh, but I love, I love everything that they're doing. Bosco and Boo Boo Fuckface, I think, are the admins of that page, and um, and it's I love hilarious. There, all the memes. It's, it's yeah, the meme. Yeah, memes good. have been good. What is it like? Five days old, a week old, maybe. Yeah, less than a week old, and it's really gold up. so far. Yeah, there's some heat now. They're getting good in there. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. I am on my way to Charlotte, North Carolina, right meow. So I've got to pack down this whole studio, um, and and so pr prepare for some you know cool pictures of me and uh, the chief of police up in. And by the way, listen, again, shout out to Albemarle Police Department for being so fucking rad. They've got an event coming up this Saturday. Um, Big comedy show uh, as well and big fundraiser for the Badges and Boxes. Head over to Badges and Boxes on the Facebook page over there, Badges and Boxes, and, and follow them. If you want to donate, you can donate to them. Uh, that's kind of like, a, you know, the Christmas cop stuff there. But that's how you do social media. You bring a guy in there like me to do a live show with some people who really have some shit to talk about, which are these human trafficking combatants. Um, and that's really rad. Not doing dancing TikTok. So I'm actually going to wear my defund dancing TikToks, defund dancing cops shirt by Refracted Wolf Apparel today because I want people to be like, I'm saying this is how you do social media. You give people what they want. Nobody wants to see a fucking cop 
pretending to be a gay person in his cop car. Do it, do it with the voice. I am here in my cop car talking about cop car stuff. Look at my coffee cup. By the way, the uh, Thomas Hunt again. God, Thomas Hunt blowing up the fucking chats today. Thank you, Thomas. And there's a lot of people in the and it's a, it's a new guy, so I like to hang out with the new guys. Uh, I was very anti-cop until I grew up and stopped hanging out with leftists and got away from the noise. By the way, it's the it's always the leftist cops doing the fucking TikTok dances. By the way, uh, I started watching body camera footage and listening to. Oh, you started listening to this podcast and now you're just anti bad cops. Perfect. Listen, I didn't. I didn't even know you started listening to this podcast. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, we're anti bad cops too. And uh, but you know what? I'm also not. You know, people make mistakes and it's hard to get it right for 30 years. You're gonna fuck up in 30 years. Emotions are gonna get to you. Shit that's going on at home is gonna get to you. So there is a fine line. I don't believe necessarily in crucifying every cop that fucks up. We have to learn from that fuck up and see why they fucked up and then, and then kind of figure out how do we, is this person capable of not fucking up again? I know that there's a boundary and there's a line of closet, but I love to live in the gray area. And I think 99% of the cases are black and white. Are they're not black and white? Um, that, that they all lie within the gray area. And that's why we have the Friday breakdowns because it's, uh, it's, it's up to us to look at the gray area and to see if there's a rehabilitated need for, uh, for these cops. You know, because I think a lot of times cops do mess up. You know, this guy with the DUI that's blowing me up. Maybe the cops fucked up. They probably did. There's probably something those cops fucked up. Uh, But we have to look at, see what, what led them to fuck up. What did the evidence, what did, what did the evidence look like versus what's the totality of the experience? You know, all the things to see how they made that mistake. Is it trainable? As as I, that's my whole thing on Uvalde. If I really want to piss everybody off, it's the same thing. What are the learning points? What did they have? What did they not have? And, and can it, can, can these cops go forward and do better the next time? I don't think we just fire them, call them cowards. That doesn't do anybody a service is obviously these guys have, they have a certain training. You only know what you know. If you don't know how to get into a door, that's a, you know, a steel door on, on a steel frame. And, and it's a, an outward opening door. That's a hard door to get in. If you don't know how to get into it, listen, what are the tactics? I don't know. Well, they don't know. I know they don't know. We have to figure out what did they know, what they did not know. So uh, again, I am anti-bad cop um, when it comes to just those ones that cross the lines, right? Where that, what can't be rehabilitated, theft, stealing, uh, corruption, uh, lying. lying. You know, you can't come back from all that. But you can come back from maybe you punched a dude one too many times. If you're honest about it, if we can take a deep look on it, you know, or, or, or maybe you, you miss some some evidence. You know, that stuff is trainable. That stuff is trainable. And I, so I'm very careful what I call a bad cop and what not a bad cop. But a bad cop for me is definitely one that's morally fucked up, ethically fucked up, and legally fucked up. That You can't rehabilitate that. Morals, ethics, and, and uh, you know, doing something that's illegal. And knowing that you did something illegal, I, well, there's a debate to be had there um, as well. But uh, I, I don't want to digress. I've got to get going. This is an hour and 21 minutes. Man, I fucking love you guys. I don't even feel like I've been here for an hour and 21 yeah. minutes. This has been failure to stop the last call. We just oh, sure work on this channel. Jeez, dude, I forget. But this is last call. Deadleg Media and myself. Until next time, guys. Guns up. Giddy, Giddy up. up.